Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League Podcast. We're back after our little January holiday and I'd love to tell you I'm thrilled to be back. I'm, I'm sort of not, but there's lots to talk about so we crack on. And of course I did miss the world of Kent Non-League while I was away. As always, our silly little show is sponsored by Workforce Dimensions Limited. And it's good to see Sam is out and about at some games. Give him a follow on Twitter at Don Samioni if you want to see what he's up to. I'm John Phipps, considerably colder than I was this time last week. And on the line now is a man who had so much of a pining for podcast action last week that he went and did some moonlighting. Have you spoken to your lawyer about breach of contracts, Matthew Gerrard? Uh, no, but it, the man asked me to do it, so uh, the, they called me a National League expert. So what am I to say? If somebody calls me an expert, I'll be all over them like a rash, so to speak. <laughs> but, uh, and we picked up our podcast, so you never know, we might get... A thousand more listeners this week, so hello if you're a new listener. Yes, indeed. Uh, he, uh, trust me, he's not always a National League expert. A bit like certain players, I would say, as well. <laughs> uh, how are you? Are you all right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, cool, he sounds I, it, doesn't he? Well, yeah, exactly, well, yeah. Middle of the week, sort of, you know, uh, that was bad. Yeah, no. No, no, not really. Well, I was just a bit, you know, lethargic is probably the word, I think, really. So, um, nice to have a week off last week, though, John, to be fair. So, but back on it now, raring to go, even though my voice may not sound too much into it at the moment. So, yeah, I'm a bit confused by the middle of the week uh, argument because we always do this in the middle of the week. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what, yeah, I don't know why it is. Uh, I think it's just. Just general life. Well, the majority is nine till five rubbish. So, um, well, they, they pay the bill, so I can't. Got to get on with that, I suppose, isn't it? Well, exactly. Uh, I went on holiday last week. Did I ever mention that? Yeah, you look, you look a nice colour, mate. Next to me, I look like Casper the Friendly Ghost. So, uh, I need to get some uh, colour in the old cheeks. But uh, yeah, I think you had a nice time. And uh, have you decided on your next jaunt between two places? We won't give it away because you'll probably tell people later in the. Not in this episode, but going. Have you decided where you're going to go next? No, we haven't yet. We're uh, we're still waiting for uh, for some final, some divine inspiration, I think, to uh, to sort out uh, which of those two places mm-hmm. we'll be going to in about five or six weeks' time. But uh, yeah, you know, it's tough at the top. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, watching anything on the telly while I've been away? Well, all we've watched is Walking Dead. We've watched a hundred episodes of Walking Dead. I wish I worked out which which these plays Amazon could tell you history what you've watched over certain times because I think we have not watched anything else apart from Walking Dead so there's loads of ITV dramas there's um, what's that Silent Witness we like no we're just bombing through um, Walking Dead and, and it said when we look at the trivia now you haven't got Amazon Prime found a new toy there after each episode you go into it and it tells you a little bit on the trivia a little bit about the actors in it a little bit about the episode as well and what it's linked to so Amazon Prime and Trivia is my new best friend because uh, after each episode, I've got to do it. And that's when I knew they said it was the 100th episode. So we have watched 100 episodes of Walking Dead in probably six weeks, I reckon, which is not bad going, I would have thought. No, it's not. So we're worth sticking to. We've only, we've only got it's 10 series so far. There's only eight on Amazon Prime. So we will be trying to source. I think somebody I know at work has got the DVD on. Uh, series 9 but then we'll have to try and find on Series 10 because I don't think it's on Freeview this programme but very good programme really enjoyed it and it's yeah really good so that, that is basically it all we've done is watch Walking Dead so I've got nothing exciting to say about the television really to be honest we, we finished watching um, uh, Chernobyl uh, yesterday we've been watching that yeah. over, uh, but we have, we've, we've taken quite a while to watch the five episodes of that but that was Real eye opener, very very well done as well. Though the 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 funny thing about it was, I mean, obviously <laughs> nuclear disaster, ha 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 ha, hilarious. Um, was rather than making everybody speak in Russian accents, they spoke in their normal English voices. And do you know what? I'm a big fan of that. I think that it made it much easier to to follow and understand. Even though you know that they were obviously playing Russian characters, you knew they were playing Russian characters, but you could understand every word they were saying quite clearly. I, I'm a big fan. What was this based on a book or something or people's um, things there, or was it made up, sort of? No, it was, it was, it was pretty much based it. on uh, on uh, there was a, the, one of the main chaps in it uh, was a scientist, and he recorded a lot of uh, tapes at the end um, of the at, at the end of the process, and they were used as a sort of grounding for it. And you know, they produced pretty much what happened, and and it was a real, real eye opener. If you can get that at any point, I definitely would recommend that you watch well, it. Is there a no, because it's, it's based on a real thing, so no, it's, no, no, it's kind of happened. But is there, they're not going to follow it through then. 
No, so I don't think so. Basically, does it end when it explodes or explodes first and the, the aftermath after that? Explodes first. No, okay. Yeah, but uh, yeah, really, really good thought for watch. And I suppose, um, finally, Matt, for, while we're talking about TV, um, I've just been reading uh, some stuff about the National Television Awards and obviously the fact that last night the best comedy programme was won by Mrs Brown's Boys. Now, uh, what are your thoughts on this, Max? A lot of people are up in arms about this prize. It's a pathetic programme. And I've watched about three seconds of it. It's not even funny. When the audience has to laugh at every single thing from that, I'm not a big fan of Mrs. Brown's Boys. But people love it. People have been films and people go and watch it on the stage. It's no father's head, is it? An Irish comedy factor. So, you know, I, I, we watch it. We watch it. Uh, Sometimes you watch it. Are you wetting yourself saying well, this is the greatest program the world has ever seen? No, absolutely not. And sometimes you see it, and, and it, it, I mean, the one on Christmas Day this year was absolutely terrible. It was literally a laugh every fifty minutes. It was only on for half an hour. Um, but I think a lot of people get quite snooty about it and say, "Oh yeah, it's 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 oh yeah, you're just laughing at a man dressed as a woman," and that's kind of not the joke. Do you know what I mean? And the bits. The bits we find the most amusing are when they mess it up and they leave it in or, you know, they're, they're, there's there's errors and stuff in it, which is much more funny than a lot of the material they're doing. I don't think it's the best thing I've ever seen. It certainly wasn't the best comedy programme last year, but I think people get really snobby about it and, and I'm not well, sure. Well, it's a bit like me and Toby Carvery. I just don't do it, John. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, but oh, is that is that, is this why we've stopped going to the uh, the chain pub and going to the other pub for dinner on a Monday no, night? No, then? no, Whether, no. Just Toby Carvery. It's just um, yeah. I'm just not. You know, it's like a canteen, isn't it? So no, I've just yeah. I'm not a fan. I know people rave about Toby Carvery's, don't they? So oh, Sunday is brilliant, but. I'm just being a bit snooty and saying, no, I, I will not be going to Toby Carvery for Sunday roast or from there. I have been for breakfast and I would not go back because they had Yorkshire puddings for breakfast. And I was like, that's wrong as well. That and is, and their hash browns were terrible. So, no, so, well, I can be snooty if you want to. And when you get to my age, it's about a good time thing to be snooty, I think. So, Toby Carvery and Mrs. Brown boys, there's probably people out there who go there every Sunday and have got the DVDs and watch it every day. <laughs> They would not be on my face, my friend list. Uh, well, there you I, go. Not that I was this them, I would just walk away. So yeah, and our, 25% our, of our listeners here. Our future Toby Carvery sponsorship deal has just been yes. terminated yeah, yeah. Uh, long before it ever came to fruition. <laughs> what a shame. Uh, it's our 108th episode this week, and 108 is a sacred number in two of Matt's area of expertise, um, Hinduism and yoga, uh, as well as in Buddhism. I did do a bit of yoga, did I tell you that? Uh, no, you didn't. Go on. I did. I did. It was a Monday night. I did, did went to yoga for for I got busy on a Monday, so I brought a mat. Did a bit from that. It was more difficult than I thought, but I, I felt supple after it, so uh, I could do a bit of a downward dog. But since my Mondays are now busy, I haven't been back. So um, if that ends, you never know. I want to go back to do some yoga. Well, hopefully you'll. I am now. Hopefully you'll have to stay unsupple. Uh, yeah. and yoga mats I'm sure there's a gag in there uh, and it's also a number in Buddhism where and you may guess this is copied and pasted according to Bhante Gurunatra the number is reached by multiplying the senses smell touch taste hearing sight and consciousness by whether they are painful pleasant or neutral and then again by whether these are internally generated or externally occurring and yet again by past present and future finally we get 108 feelings 6 times 3 times 2 times 3 equals 108 more of a link to my life, it's also the number of cards in an Uno deck. Now, that is a game. Uno, good game, good game. The thing is, once you're at home with the kids, there's no way we've got 108. We've probably got about 104. Four have <laughs> just been back in a settee or something there. But good game, Uno. <laughs> it's a great game. Uh, it's a bit of a Steve special this week on the Kent Only podcast with two managers called Steve having had their phones rung by us over the past 24 hours. And we're going to start with one of them and the National League South. Sadly, though, I wasn't ringing Steve McKim to discuss a thrilling derby between his Tunbridge Angel side and Maidstone United, but more the weather, which put pay to yet another game at Longmead. So that was where we started our chat. Yes, it's, uh, uh, it's been a frustrating time at the Met without having games. We haven't played since Chippenham, um, and it's no. It's, it's the weather. The, the pitch just has been saturated. It didn't help with the landowner behind the ground releasing all the water from his fields 
and it's just sitting on sitting on our pitch, and they've tried ever so hard to get it off, chairman included, and uh, it, it just hasn't happened. You know, it's it's it's, it's a tough order, tall order, should I say? And, and it must be hard for, for everyone at the club because, you know, clubs at your level, you need to have the money coming in. And, and when there's no home matches, that must make it really difficult. Yeah, it does because um, you rely on finances and uh, you need your home games. And Maidstone, whether it's going to be Boxing Day or even last night, is a, is a massive game for us in terms of the crowd. And it would help out. Um, so they are find it difficult. Um, one thing the club have always done is, is paid their way and uh, no matter what they've done for it they've always found it whether it's wages or bills and they'll continue to do that but it does it does take a lasting effect and hopefully we have a little bit of dry weather and with their work on it it will um, it will come good and I suppose the other difficult thing is you're in quite a decent form at the moment as well and, and it must be hard to build momentum when, when, when you're losing so many games to the weather it is, yeah, it is. Um, I think we've won one, two, and drawn two out the last four. Um, I think we've lost three out of the last fourteen. So we're doing okay. You know, we've we've learnt from a lot of mistakes we've made early part of the season, management and players, and we seem to be hitting the right notes at the minute. And like I say, to build momentum, you want to play game after game. Um, but if it isn't to be, you've just got to got to play play when you can. And our next one's Worldstone, which is well, that's, that's a huge game um, because they're flying at the minute. They've got a, a great squad, a great manager, and uh, we, we've got to come up against someone that's in a in red up red up full, um, beating having away, scoring seven against Bath. You know they they are a good side, but we won't be frightened of it. Um, and like I say, it's, there is no real momentum because we're not playing game after game. There's a break in between, um, which doesn't quite help because we can't even train. You know, we've got a venue on a Thursday night, but we haven't got no. We're on a Tuesday, so it's either the gym. Um, we can't even get onto around the edge of the pitch to run because it's just saturated. And uh, looking back at last Saturday, it was, it was some starts to the second half at Billericay, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we um, we asked them just to be a little bit braver um, because we defended. Again, their pitch isn't, isn't as good as it should be. You know, real boggy down one end and it was touch and go whether that was going to be played. Um, and they had one called off yesterday. But we defended, but defended the bottom end very well in the first half, scored early in the second and then just um, had a mad, a mad five minutes after they got their penalty, um, which, which hurt us. But I know that with these players, and we've shown it majority this season, that, that they've got character. And people talk about character in football, um, but there's talk of it and there's actually doing it. And these players have come back from goals behind before to win games. And it showed Saturday that they've got it in abundance. They come back to draw the game um, and then they never give up. So it's all right saying the character and desire and stuff like that. But when, when your players actually prove it, um, you've got to take your hat off to them and give them loads of credit. You say you've all kind of learned as, as the season's gone along. I remember seeing you right at the start of the season at Eastbourne and I thought maybe you just need to be a little bit smarter. Is that what you're kind of doing right, do you think? No, I think that we're, we've we never feared anyone. I think it's um, individual errors we seem to have cut out now. Um, you still get the old one or two, but not as many as, the, as we had. Um, we've changed a little bit of the system. We've changed a few personnel. So it's just basically we're going into a league that a lot of the players hadn't been accustomed to, um, learning their way. And I think you'd agree at that Eastbourne game, it it wasn't a game that we we was outplayed and and out battled. You know, we we had some good spells, but when the chances come along, we didn't take them. When their chances come along, they took them. And I think that's what's happening now. I think we're not giving teams as many chances. And we've been a little bit more clinical than we was earlier in the season. So players have wised up and also the new additions helped. Looking at the league table, I mean, you're 19th. We're still not 100% sure how many teams are going to go down. But it's so congested there. You're only eight points off ninth. Yeah, and, and the players know that. And they also know that I think we're about three, three points off um, second bottom again. Or four points off second bottom again. So it's, uh, it's very tight. There's a lot of teams down in that 
part of the league that you wouldn't expect to be at this stage of the season. Um, uh, an old manager of mine who's a very good friend, he, he told me earlier today, to be fair, that March and April's the time where you see the character of um, teams, whether they can handle the pressure or not. So, like I say, we're in a position at the minute that um, is, like you say, three points from jumping two or three places and losing three points to going back down to where we was a few weeks ago. So, the hard work will carry on. Um, But it's interesting because, like you say, you get a couple of wins and you can start climbing that table a little bit and it looks a little bit better for you. And just finally, you mentioned earlier, Wildstone Saturday. If it stays dry, it'd be, it'd be great to see a big crowd down at Longmead. Yeah, I think the way they I think they scored seven again last night in their Middlesex Cup game. Um, they, they've got a, a great squad, and I think that they've got they've got a tremendous following as well. You know, so if if, if the form we've been on, I'd like to see. A, Quite a few of our fans be there, which they've been very good this season, um, supporting us. And we'll stand to bring quite a few, which which would which would give a good atmosphere at Longmead, which is um, always good. It's a tough time of year, Matt, and some of the Angels have obviously had this issue uh, with the pitch. Uh, there was a, ch- a statement from the chairman uh, before, long before this game was called off, saying about how difficult it is. Twenty thousand pound they're going to need to spend to get the to get the drainage. Uh, in place at, at Longmead, and it's awful, isn't it? That you know that they are having such troubles, and I think Stephen Kim kind of glossed over it a little bit there. But there's got to be a time where financially the club's going to struggle because of these games. Well, I think um, the consensus was they lost maybe near just shy of five figures for the game against Maidstone that was postponed on Boxing Day, which is a bit of a blow. I don't know how the land lies, but it goes, the farmer. Flooded his field and it just went into the ground. Is that right or something? Or? Something along those lines, yeah. But basically, what what they've said in this statement is that uh, the club is located in a low lying area of Tunbridge, and part of it is a designated flood risk area by the Environment Agency, which does make the pitch very susceptible to periods where excessive rainfall over a period of time because the river levels rise and surface water is unable to drain away through the pitches. Uh, and also, then obviously there is this thing with with the farmer next door, the landowner next door. Uh, draining his water down onto there as well, uh, which I don't know how that happened. Um, but obviously, the, 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 the problem... It's like magic, isn't it? It's like, press a button, like a, and it goes somewhere else. Yeah. Well, again, should have learned more in my geography, really. But it's quite a, quite an interesting subject, though, isn't it? How, it, how water goes. And the, the problem is... No, it's not much use for Tumbridge Angels, though, is it? No, no it's not much use for Tumbridge Angels. Uh, again, it's a costing them of money. Again, what's the, we're Wednesday now. Is there more rain expected? They've got Wheelstone. It will bring another crowd. Hopefully they can sort it out. I presume any little deluge, deluge of rain over the next few days is going to make it in doubt as well, which is which is unfortunate. And as he said, though, they're in good, good form and they can't sort of get that momentum going because of the games being called off. And the difficulty as well is that whatever way they try and solve this problem, it's going to cost the club money. And we all know Tunbridge Angels aren't, aren't a rich football club. No, I think they're doing a really, really good job from what they're doing. Again, it's difficult, you know, that the extra travelling they go into these leagues that puts into the the bottom line. They won't, as he said in there, spend more than they will they've got. But unfortunately, maybe in the summer they're going to have to do something about it because, you know, losing five figures uh, against Maidstone on Boxing Day um, could, you know, definitely hits the bottom line. But uh, unfortunately. That's football. I didn't really think we ever thought that pitch was ever in bad condition. I don't know if there've been many games over the years, but I always thought it was quite a decent surface. But um, clearly, I'm wrong about that. I've only actually been to Longmead once, uh, and it was a, a filthy day. Then it was a wet day. It was a game between Tunbridge Angels and Margate that ended two-two. Uh, Nicky Ball scored the last-minute equaliser for um, for Margate that day. So, but I remember the pitch was a bit uh, a bit. Soggy, I suppose, and that was yeah, yeah, over the festive yeah. period. But, but I think this time of the year, pitches are soggy, but it just get a little bit boggy. Hopefully, they can sort it out. But they are going in the right direction. He said, you know, you've said in the interview there, they're not too far off ninth spot, but straight away he's thinking, yeah, well, a few defeats will be back in second from bottom of the table. So I think he's got his head screwed on Steve McKim, doing a very, very good job there. And 
as we've said before, if they can manage to stay up this season, that's as good as winning it from the finances they've got and clearly the issues they've got with the pitch. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, obviously talking about the pitch is not to take away from the uh, achievements that Steve McKim is doing there. He, he, he's shaped his squad. He, he's made some changes. He's brought players in. He's let players go. Uh, but Tommy Jones only good run of form, and that game of Billericay. I was chatting to uh, Matt Davison about it on Monday. It was it was quite something. Yeah, good three. Or one. I think it was one up the name, three one down. And Jason, Jason Williams, I think, got two back. Well, or he got two in the game, and they got an excellent result. Three all against Billericay. Billericay very good at home, so yeah, they've got a bit of character about them, and I'm, I'm pretty confident they're going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. And as we're going to be talking, no doubt, we think there's only going to be one team going down. So the gap for Tunbridge Angels is fairly significant, but you can't afford to get carried away. No, well, again, we mentioned before that maybe we only think three people are going down in the National League, which is a knock-on effect about that. So, yeah, you can't rely on that, rely on that that only one's going to go down, but I think they're moving in the right direction. Exactly. Elsewhere in the Conference South, another team moving in the right direction is Welling. Uh, back-to-back wins for them under Bradley Quinton, beating Hungerford first up and then a, a win at inconsistent Hemel Hempstead, who, who look probably a bit better on paper than they are at the moment. But Welling needed something to come in and, and spark things up, and that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, Bradley Quinton's come in, brought in a few players, released a few players. He knows his level from what... With a low budget, he knows how to do well in this league. I'm not saying well in budget, maybe lower, but he'll bring in players that he fancies, who he trusts. So, very good result. Hemel Hempstead, of course, got Sammy Moore in, uh, one of our Kentish men. I thought he could be in trouble for his job there because they've quite spent quite heavily in the summer, but their results are going the wrong way. It's difficult them getting a in a player position. But yeah, please for Bradley Quinton, please for Welling going in the right direction finally. Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, the, the plenty going on there as well with, with signings and an exit as well. Uh, Jay Rich Bagaloo, the, the, the defender, joining Crystal Palace, which is a, a great move for him. Yeah, I don't know much about him. I saw that they, he was going to Crystal Palace. Clearly, they look like the look of him. I presume we'll go into the end of 23s. You never know, they might line him out to a league club uh, in this window. But yeah, it, clearly Welling doing the, doing the right things the right way. So, good luck to him. I, haven't had any reports on him, but if a Premier League club comes into it, you've got to take the decision. Yeah, I saw him play uh, down at Eastbourne, uh, what in between Christmas and New Year, and he was—he he looked like a—he's a, a, a big, tall lad, uh, quite good on the ball for a centre half, and you can kind of see that he's got some potential. And, and we've seen Freddie Ladapo, who obviously was at Margate, he went to Crystal Palace and went to their under 23s, had a few loan spells, but then he found his, his, his touch and, and hopefully for, for young Jay, that'll be the start of a good league career for him. Yeah. Okay. I was always surprised that Freddie Ladapo went to that level, but you know, he's, he's back, he's uh, ripping up league two, isn't he? Now league one with uh, Rotherham. So yeah, good, yeah, good luck to him. And, Again, we always look for these players who go into the um, into the football league and to the Premier League, and I'll be keeping an eye out for him because you never know his loan spell could be at one of our Kent's clubs going forward. It certainly could. Um, elsewhere in that division on Saturday, Dartford got back on form, uh, a one 0 win over Dulwich. Uh, same for Manchester United; they'd lost the previous weekend, but they beat Oxford City, and those two still one in the playoffs, one just outside. Uh, it's it, it's an interesting battle that at the top of the table. Yeah, I'm looking at the league table. Will there be, is there enough room for both our Kent sides to get in there? If they show a bit of consistency, yes, but Maidstone's consistency is win one, lose one, draw one, so they need to find a bit more consistency. But we know we got, we've mentioned Steve King numerous times and they're, they're going in the right direction, so we'll have to see what goes on from there. Yeah, I mean, you just are looking at the teams above them. Obviously, Bath City were beaten 7 0 uh, on Saturday by Wheelstone. Dorking Wanderers in a little bit of a blip at the moment, just one point in four games for them. So perhaps if Maidstone can keep the form going, uh, there is an opportunity uh, for them. And they're, they're, but they'll also have to look over their shoulder as well because ninth place Chelmsford City have party company with their manager and they'll be looking to bring someone in to push them higher up the league. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting, it's always an interesting battle for the playoff places in National League South and this year is going to be no exception. Yeah, surprised about Chelmsford. Rod Stringer did a good job, didn't he? With Braintree, got them from promoted. Always, I spoke to somebody, a, a Chelmsford fan, when I was at Notts County and Chelmsford are always this side, they're always at the same level. And you think that if they did well, they would be get 15, 1600 every week. It's a good catchment area. The ground probably doesn't help from that point of view. But whoever gets, they're probably a conference club in the waiting if they can get it. But the weather clubs that can never get anywhere. 
yeah, I well, I know a lot about Chelmsford City, and that's pretty much exactly it. They could, they have got huge potential. Anyway, this weekend uh, in the National League South, Billericay uh, is the destination for Maidstone United. Dartford go to Chippenham. Welling are away to St Albans, and as we've already heard, Tunbridge Angels are hoping uh, that their pitch will dry out in time for them to host the league leaders, Wealdstone, uh, up to the National League then, where two games on Tuesday and contrasting results. Dover Athletic were beaten 4-2 at Halifax, despite twice drawing level, but embattled Ebbsfleet United secured a potentially vital home win, coming from behind to beat Matt Jarrod's favourite National League team, Woking. With probably only three teams going down from that division, Fleet are now realistically five points from safety. After being put in a transfer embargo last week, that victory is just what the doctor ordered on Tuesday night, Matt. Well, I thought they were 1-0 down. I thought with 20 minutes to play or whatever it was, I thought, oh, they haven't scored many goals. Tommy Adeloy comes off the bench. Two absolutely crucial goals for them, wasn't it? Um, is it going to be enough? It gives them, I think it's their first of what, uh, league win since October. Gives them a fighting chance. I think they're home again this weekend, I think against Sutton. So they've got to be looking to do that. But it does give them a chance. To me, I said, I think I said it on the radio show, they needed 25 points from 15 or so games to stay up. And they'd only had 25, 26 points from 30 games. So looking at that average, it's going to be very difficult for them. But a very important win. And what that could do for confidence now, if they can get Timlin into the side, if they sort out their, their finances... They may be, that may look back against that game against Woking as a turning point of their season, but they've got to follow up now. They've got a, you know, they've got the, tr- the trophy coming up, so they won't have a league game uh, for something. But they've got to be Sutton at home, and maybe Sutton forty-one points gives them something to play with. Sutton, I think it'll be middle of the table as well. But they've got to follow it up now. That's the, that's the most important thing. You've got the highs of last night. But if you don't pick up three points on Saturday, that's soon forgotten about. Yeah, and plenty of new players have been coming in even before uh, the Michael Timlin. Uh, signing. If, if you're not aware of that story, Michael Timlin signed last week for Ebbsfleet United uh, and on the way down to the game on to- uh, Torquay on Saturday where they drew nil-nil, uh, it was it came through to Kevin Watson that although the signing was all done, it had been approved, the club were under a transfer embargo. I understand it's a seven-day embargo, so they were unable to register him with the league. So it is a national league embargo that they're under. Uh, we don't. He, he, Kevin Watson said it's a bill that needs paying and Timlin Apparently, to his credit, was given the chance to get off the coach and go home and spend the weekend with his family. But he said, no, I want to stick around, stay here with my uh, with my new teammates and, and sort of cheer them on to, to a decent point. Um, but it's just another one of those things with FC United whereby it, 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 we're talking about off the field stuff when on the field they've had a great result. Yeah. Again, that, that was again. Should we talk about four points out of two games going to talk and get a result? Talking about Woking, but I'm presuming the, the fans all talk about at Stonebridge Road yesterday would be the issues they've got with the finances. So we've been talking about them for over a year, eighteen months now. Clearly, they're not going to go away, but they've just all obviously suppliers have got to worry about if they are getting paid or financials from there. We don't, you know, I'm speculating there a little bit. They need to make sure they do it on the field and let the football do the talking for a while because I think that will look better for the club going forward if we're talking about off the, on the field matters rather than off the field. Well, technically speaking, it's payday this week, so we'll find out, uh, I'm sure, if there's anything untoward going on there. Uh, Dover Athletic, before their defeat on Tuesday, beat Aldershot 2-0 on Saturday. Uh, and I'm going to give Matthew Gerrard ooh, 20 seconds to talk about his day out of Notts County while I was away. On your marks, get set, go. Brilliant. Lovely ground. They looked tough. To sandwiches at, uh, for the game, super at half time. Dover grind out a good result, really enjoyable, had a great day out. So, um, hopefully, we'll be going there next season unless not count to get promoted. But all in all, I've been to some absolute holes football ground wise following Dover in the time. So, that will go up there as a, as a great day out. And uh, yeah, well looked after, Notts County. And yeah, that was all really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it, John. Yeah, felt like a proper, yeah, it's a proper football ground, you know. and well, I'm going a little bit. If Notts County are doing well at the end of the season and they need to um, win some home games, that place will be rocking because they made plenty of noise against Dover, I have to say. Yeah, you give that man 20 seconds, he'll give you 40. No problem at all. Yeah, uh, that exactly. goal on Saturday uh, from, uh, what, what's, his, what's your man's name? OG? Ogie? Yep. Uh, I mean, Jack, it, Jack OG, yeah. it, it sounded like a much better goal than it was b- before I saw it because he, he didn't seem to run as far as I thought he had done. It was a good run, but nobody put a tackle in from Aldershot. Um, Matt, he's looked pretty good, to be fair, the last two games I've seen him. Solid, big lad, uh, good defensively, very raw, but he looks a, a decent player. I think they've gotten to the end of the season. Um, 
but he shows what he can do if you keep composure in front of goal, John, because half of Dover at the moment, um, they're struggling in front of goal. We last night's 4-2 defeat against uh, Halifax. Uh, he's listening to out what Andy Essenthaler said they should have been 3 half at half-time. So, And uh, I've been there numerous times this season when Dover should have been um, in front, but unfortunately they are loose in front of goal. <laughs> And they really, and that's costing them. Um, and uh, you know, I like any effort on, but at least hit the target, son. And I suppose that the, the the thing is, is now you're still desperately hoping to bring in a new striker. Yeah, there's rumours the two players they're trying to bring in. One's played league football. One's a, a Premier League club who's come from non-league. Um, yeah, yeah, again, with no transfer window for the national league, you would have thought that. Um, if nothing happens on Friday, there might something might happen next week when players can't get out. But I think it would just it would just lift over and take the pressure off the strikers if they can get an extra an extra body in there, put plenty of pressure on that striker who comes in because if he gets any chances, he's, he's got to put them away because at the moment they're missing numerous chances. Yeah, it's three defeats in a row for Bromley uh, after the, they were beaten at home by Barnet on Saturday. Nilsson's men are now down to fifth place in the table. And they need to buck up because not only are they in form Halifax on Saturday, but it's become so congested at the top of the table that they're only six points in front of 12th place Dover, who have a game in hand on them. And, and Neil Smith, he's, he's obviously made some changes this month and, and I, I guess he might be a little bit concerned. Yeah, uh, again, look at their form. We can look at it. You can pinpoint where Mark Cousins got injured. Huddard's come in, had a couple of rickety moments. They had that solidity, didn't they, in the side? Um, yeah, maybe it's, it's catching up with them a little bit, Bromley. Um, it's tight at the top of the division. We always thought they were nailed on for the playoffs, but once this division gets tighter and tighter, it could be a little bit less odds on for that to happen. So they need to be a little bit careful, Bromley. But Halifax, tough place to go. Again, Neil Smith's given up the chance of the league. He thinks Barrow are too far clear of that but they've got to make sure they hang on to those playoff spots at the moment but yeah not working around I think they need to get Cousins back and, get, and maybe Jack Holland and who has had a few injury problems as well a bit of solidity getting a point against Halifax to stop the rot might be a good idea but yeah disappointing times for him at the moment Indeed it is and, and Dover only six points behind them so that's a very interesting turn of events uh, as well as Bromley trip to Halifax on Saturday as Matt's already said every are at home to Sutton uh, Dover go to Stockport uh, on Saturday before Barrow visit Crabble on Tuesday night for that game in hand that Dover have uh, well it's going to be an easy one that isn't it? Oh, no well no love lost between the two sides there um, Barrow score goals for fun Dover don't seem to score goals uh, David defence is not too bad I don't think but yeah, it'll be a cold one at Crabble next Tuesday, so I'll probably still be grinding my teeth with coldness when I speak to you next Wednesday. But <laughs> Stockport and Barrow, we win those two games, John. I'm walking on air. You lose two of them and you think the season's over in your mid-table, which I think Dover will be. I don't think Dover will get in the playoffs. I think they'll probably finish where they are at the moment and maybe look to build for next season. And I don't think that's too bad a season. When, but they may look, at, look back on it and think, what if... Um, because maybe this is the season to try and get out of this division. Uh, indeed, possibly. Into the Ismini Premier Division, where back-to-back wins for Folkestone this week. have seen them close the gap to leaders Worthing. A bit Corinthian casuals on Saturday for coming from behind to beat Hornchurch 2-1 on Tuesday night, despite having Callum Davis sent off just before half-time. Uh, Hornchurch also had a man sent off late on and ended with nine due to an even later injury. Uh, wasn't on the score sheet last night, Matt, but Ira Jackson is in, in, is in some good form. He was man of the match as well. Yeah, good player. I've had him on the podcast. Always a person who's confident in his own abilities when he was even at Dover and not getting any games. He always thought he could do a job. Um, thinks He always thought he should play out front with Ricky Miller in that sort of season. But he's drifted around the league. He's gone to Folkestone. Neil Cuggery's got an arm around his shoulder. And he's scoring goals. I'm sure sides higher up the pyramid will be looking at him. I don't think Folkestone need to, to sell him. But Folkestone could be a conference outside next season as well. So, yeah, working well for Ira. And he is a nice lad. So, uh, he loves his football and I'm pleased he's going from in the right direction at the moment. Yeah, uh, another team going in the right direction. Craig Wanderers up to third in the standings after a 3-2 win for them at Enfield on Saturday. Uh, goals from Charlie Allen and Jay Leader in the last eight minutes turning that game back around and securing the points. They've only won five games at home, Matt. But what a brilliant season this has been for Craig Wanderers. Yeah, I didn't realise they were up to fifth. Um, third. Point. I mate, Joey had another baby, didn't he? Did you see that? He did, yes, a, a boy. So yes, congratulations yes. to Joe and, and his wife. Yes, 
Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, I'm unchecked the table on that. They are having a great season. They've never got to conference out. I think they got quite high before this level, before they went back down the leads when they were managed by Ian Jenkins. Yep. Very well. Everything's going in the right direction for them. It should be a really good couple of years for, for, for Cray Wanderers. So, and, you know, Charlie Allen is a good player. You know, he was key for when Gillingham got promoted. Jay Leader, the ex-Palace, he's been around the houses as well. So, yeah, good good club, well-run club going in the right direction. be nice to get more Kent sides in the uh, Conference South next year. Exactly. I've already said that, I think I've said, you said it was going to be a good couple of years ahead for Cray Wanderers. It's been a brilliant couple of years already for them. I'd, I'd go as far as to say that in the time we've been doing this podcast, they are the team of the county. Brilliant first season, just lost out in the playoffs. Last season, they won the league, and now they're up to third uh, in the in the Isthmian League. And Tony Russell is doing a phenomenal job there. Uh, really pleased to see, because he's, he's a nice bloke, and his team play good football as well. So, fair play to him, and the chairman, Gary Hillman, as well. What a brilliant, brilliant, feel-good story it is at Cray Wanderers. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's one of these. We'll have to try and get a trip there when the ground. When is the ground? Do you know when it's opening up? I don't know building it at the moment. Any, any idea when that's going to? Th- I'm sure I heard off. at the start of the new season, uh, the start of next season was when it was uh, put in, when yeah. it was supposed to be happening. But um, you know, I mean, obviously they've been without a home for twenty odd years. That is going to yeah. be absolutely amazing for them. Yeah, I, I think it'll be. Well, I think the, the ground is going to be part of the community back there what Gary Hillman's doing it so I think maybe we should have a trip up there next season when it opens it'll be fantastic yeah, really really pleased for the people involved in there yeah you sort the home form out they could be trying to, again still nine points off the top but go again good form keep it up and, and, and that 3G surface at Bromley you thought they'd use that to their advantage so with their home games but 77, 11, 14. So they've all played, yeah, some games in hand at home. They need to make advantage of that. But they don't lose many games, John. Only five defeats in 27, which is an excellent record. Yeah, it does say on their website they're, uh, they're expecting the stadium to be open and ready for the start of the 2021 season. Now, there's no slashes in that, so but I'm assuming that may well mean the start of this uh, of this yeah. new season. So, uh, absolutely. Brilliant. Let's hope, and we will keep an eye on that be uh, be really good. Margate uh, came up against Enfield on Tuesday, lost 3-0 at Hartsdown Park uh, after a 4-2 win over Harringay at the same uh, venue on Saturday. Uh, Margate are inconsistent, aren't they? Is, is, there's no other way to describe them. Yeah, yeah interesting. I didn't actually realise they were playing. I spoke to the Margate fan at work and he said that many people did at Margate did as well. So I don't know if this game was rearranged a little bit late, but yeah, I think, yeah, an absolute thumping by Enfield. Enfield, the likes of Billy Bricknell, we know all about him in the side as well. But consistency, Jason is probably knocking his, bagging his head against the brick wall. We look at it again, we say it on paper, that side looks quite a decent side, very experienced side, got goals in it. It just doesn't really work out, particularly at home. Since Margate have had the 3G surface, I really don't think they've won many home games at all, which when you think that could be an advantage against certain clubs, just hasn't, hasn't really worked for them. They need to get that fortress hearts down park, which can be an uncomfortable place to go for uh, opposing sides back on track because it, it, that, that when they were successful under Chris Kinnear and maybe Terry Brown in his early years, the home form was the key to it. Yeah, um, 215 was the attendance at Hartsdown Park uh, last night. Uh, on Facebook, Margate captain Shocking. Ben Swift uh, gave the club his reaction. He said, uh, everyone's frustrated. I can't put my finger on why we are so inconsistent. If we don't score first, we just go. One leads to two, two leads to three quickly, and three nil's a big climb. That is a big, big problem for Jay Saunders to work out. Yeah, um, look at it. I think he's, he's, they're still in that velocity trophy, John, and that might be a priority for them. Then, because I don't think they're going to get in the playoffs. So maybe some silverware to, to cheer up the Margate supporters. Maybe a bit of a learning curve for Jay Saunders here. He's used quite a lot of players, but maybe stabilised it a little bit here um, now with the squad he's got. But you know, he's a good manager. We know he's taken the lead levels up with um, Maystone, but if he did it with Margate, it would be an even greater achievement, I think. Absolutely, it would be. On Saturday, uh, it's third against fourth as Cray Wanderers host Horsham. Uh, folks in Invicta go to East Thurrock and Margate are on the road at Merstham. Uh, internationally, South East Division then, uh, our second Steve of the show. After a slow start to life at Hythetown, the Cannons are firing up the table. I'm here all week under former Margate boss Steve Watts. They're joint top of the form table and that gave Matt the perfect excuse to give him a call and ask him about their great recent run. Yeah, it's been good. Um... I mean, we've obviously got, had other troubles. The first came in, obviously, to change a lot of a lot of personnel, and 
um, had a lot of injuries to deal with, but just just uh, before the end of last year, we started to get players back, and I think that was a big part part of our change in fortune, if you like, and just to find that consistency in teams and and get the players we needed to on the pitch. And luckily enough, obviously we've, we've only lost one game in the last two months, so it's put us in a good place, and, and we're building momentum about a good time in the season. And I just hope we can continue along the the, the road we are at the minute. When you went into the club. Um, did, was it harder than you imagined? Because the results didn't really start too well for you. Was it more of a challenge than you thought it would be? I, I probably had to change more than I thought I was going to when I first walked in, if I'm being honest. Um, when I first came in, I knew, that, I, knew, I knew quite a few of the players. I knew it was, it was a relatively good squad. But when, I don't know, I don't know what had happened uh, previously, obviously, before I came in. Um, but the confidence just seemed a lot lower than I expected it to be. And... Um, I, th- I just felt that the more changes I could make, the better it would be if you could get a, if I could get a, a, a new team together, if you like. And I think if you look at it now, and you see the, the, the team that started Saturday, I believe there's only I think two players out of that starting eleven that um, we see previously. Um, we obviously still have players within the squad that have been here um, before I got here, but we've we've had a complete change over overhaul of the team. And, it's taken longer than I would have liked, but it is just, with the squad we've got now. I think it's. I think everyone can say it is a very, very good squad, and we've got some good strength and depth in there. And um, as I said, we just hopefully keep everyone fit and um, keep trying to win games of football. Yeah, I look at it, the squad on there. To me, it's very experienced players who played at a higher level as well. How? How easy was it to attract them? You brought Darren Oldacre in, who's you know was playing for Gillingham this time last year. Has it been easy to attract players to the club? It's more of an easier than people would have thought. I mean, I think I don't put it down to just personal myself. I just think that's to the to the to the, the credit of the club first and foremost. The club's got a good reputation. Um, it's run by very good people and run well and run in the right way. Um, and obviously, I think the dressing room, the, the dressing room atmosphere we've created at the club is, is I think, a big attraction to these players. Um, I think if I want the, the players realise who you've got in your in your dressing room, they want to be part of it. Um, and I just think that's a, that's a credit to the, the to the players themselves. And um, obviously, getting likes of DGM was a was a was a great, great signing for us last week. It's 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 been on the back burner for a couple of months, if I'm being honest. But he had, he was exploring other avenues. But luckily enough for us, nothing nothing really materialised. And um, Will Godman is um, is good friends with him, and Will just made me aware that he would be um, he would be interested if if I was still still willing to have him so great to have him on board he's obviously a bit short on, on back fitness where he'd want to be but he came on for 20-25 minutes Saturday was excellent so it showed that he's maybe not as far behind um, match fitness wise as a first thought but again a great asset to us and I'm just glad that I've been able to assemble a squad I have um, uh, as I said uh, well, bit, not as quick as I'd like to have done it but we've got there in the end and hopefully we can continue this momentum good momentum to the end of the season yeah, another player you got in, who I know Tom Tom Murphy scored a good goal for you on his debut. Again, when Dover's first season in the National League, he was ripping the league up. I think injuries affected him, affected him, but there's a good player in there. He's just had, a, I think, injuries have really curtailed his career a little bit. Yeah, a great player again. I mean, it's a player that I've, I've not worked with before, but I've known of and I've admired from afar, if you like, and I always thought if, he, if an opportunity came that I could get him in um, at a club I was working at, I would love to work with him. And so that, again, it. it the opportunity presented itself last week, and I'm just glad to get it done and get in. He had a great, great um, impact on Saturday. Um, a little bit short again, fitness-wise, where I'm sure that he, he was his level is normally are. But um, you know, again, it's a great, another great player to have. The great player with that product. He's got an eye for goal as well, and can play in a, a number, number of positions along the front line. So it's something that we look at when we're recruiting. It's not necessarily just a player that is a specialist in one position that can play, in a num- play well in a number of positions and I think we have that within the squad when I look through the squad there's a lot of players that gives ourselves a, a, more of an ability to adapt and change and, and it's a little bit unpredictable for teams now playing against us which I think is key in, in this league yeah, you're five points off the playoffs and you've got two big games coming up on Saturday and Tuesday. You've got Herne Bay at home on Saturday and seven weeks away on the Tuesday, I think it is. Is the playoffs, is that in your in your aim? Well, no. 
absolutely in house. We're not really looking any anywhere farther than the next game. Um, I think once you start to look at, if you like, previous what you've done previously, so obviously it's been well documented. A run we're on, but we're not we're not focused on that. We just we finish a game of football, we we'll look to the next one, and that's all we're doing at the minute and see what it takes us. It's a big ask, I think, playoffs even now. Um, we've put ourselves in a good position to get in them. I still think it's a big, big ask. A lot of teams have got a lot of games at hand yeah. over us. Plus, we've we've had a good run, but if we can continue it, I think we'll be in a, We'll definitely be in the mix of it. But as I said, the, yeah, I think it's a plan to put a, a huge effort in this last couple of months to get these results and get us up the table. I mean, we were second bottom with two goals, and now we're looking at the end of the table where I believe this club and the squad should be at. Um, but we won't get carried away. It'll be great to get the playoffs this year, but it may, everything may have happened a little bit, a little bit too late. But we'll still, we'll certainly do all we can to to finish there. But in terms of us in a football club and a, and a squad, and we're just looking at the next game and trying to get three points and move on to the next game after that. Five wins in six. It, 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 they're getting there. And, and the interesting line I found there, um, Matt, was when he said. When I came in, I knew this was a good squad of players. I could not believe how low their confidence was. And I think that probably all goes back to the opening day of the season when they went to Burgess Hill and Ship 7. Yeah, they were shipping goals for fun, wasn't it? But Steve, Steve, what I think, I personally thought they'd hit the ground a little bit more running than they did when he came in because the results didn't really kick into shape um, until he's got his players in. But he's got a very experienced squad there now. Um, players in he's worked with before and probably who he can trust uh, in those roles so I think um, yeah he said maybe the playoffs could be out of the equation not putting any pressure on his on his team but if they win the next two we mentioned there Herm Bay and Seven Oaks that could put in a very good position um, yeah I, I think next season maybe he's looking to build for that um, but he was they were struggling when he came in and we thought oh it, it was a bit of a poison chalice but yeah once he's got his players in He's turned it around and he, and he knows this level and he knows Kent players as well, which could be important for Hyde. And I think he, he's got the ability to track, attract them. So I think uh, yeah, stick with him, uh, Hyde. And I think yeah, going in the right direction after well, we thought they'd be doing very a lot better than they did this season under Sam Denley. But as you mentioned, the season started badly and it could carried on that way. You mentioned uh, Tom Murphy there as well. That, that's the sort of player that, that Steve Watt can attract to, to, to that level. And uh, Tom Murphy is a, a player who's performed in the top two tiers of, of National League or of the top two tiers of non-league football consistently, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's a good player. But Tom Murphy, I mentioned that in an interview there. When Dover first season in the National League, he was the standout player. I thought, oh, he's going into the league here because he was ripping it up. Um, scored, I think, about 15 league goals. Then he got injured, I think, first game back following season and he was never the player since from that when the Maidstone he's been to Darford he was at Cray I think he just needs a little bit of a home but if you if you see the goal on social media what he scored this week put him in he can finish as well so a good signing for them and hopefully Tom can, can go in the right direction because he's a good lad and he's a good player and I think for unless it wasn't for injuries he could have gone a, l- a little bit higher up the period yeah, interesting to hear that because I used to uh, sub-edit the uh, the pages of the Dover Express and the player ratings and, and the Dover Express reporter, you know who you are and I know you're probably listening, uh, always used to give Tom Murphy about a 5 out of 10 every week, no matter how well he played. I uh, don't know why he didn't like him, but uh, there you go. That's, that just shows the difference in, in, in views in the press box, Matt. Yeah, yeah, and he's probably giving um, uh, Mick Antonio a 9 out of 10 every week, so we can tell you what team he's with at the moment. So, but well. The team he's support at the moment, average four every week, I'd have thought, anyway. Well, exactly. Supporting, following, yeah. Yeah, I bet he thinks Tom Murphy's even worse now, uh, yeah, given, yeah, exactly, given yeah. what he watches most weeks. But there you go. Yeah. Hello, Incasol. Hope you're well. Uh, still hate your face. Um, That's <clears throat> <laughs> harsh. Uh, it's a running joke, don't worry. Uh, on Saturday, elsewhere in that division, it was uh, Phoenix Sports had a good 3-0 win away at Burgess Hill. Uh, Cray Valley beat another informed side, Ashford United, 3-1. Uh, Ramsgate had to come from behind to beat East Grinstead, 3-2. High that, as we know, beat Haywards Heath by three goals to nil. It was Herne Bay 2, Chichester nil. Sevenoaks 2, Hastings 2. Uh, Kenny Pogue scoring the first of Hastings goals against his former club. And then a last gasp equaliser as well, denying Mickey Collins' men a, a big win. Uh, City Mormon beating one at home to Whiteleaf. Whitsall won 3-1 at three bridges. Uh, VCD Athletic lost one at home to Guernsey. And White, Whitehawk staged a miraculous comeback against Faversham. I thought Faversham were home and host. And I was chatting to someone in my local pub. But he'd been to the game. I said, oh, they lost, didn't they? And he went... No, no, White Hawks scored twice in the 95th minute. So a disappointing oh, 
for Faversham, that one. Uh, a couple of games on Tuesday night as well. Uh, survived the weather. Cray Valley thumped to BC Athletic 5-0. And Herne Bay earned a really good 0-0 draw uh, down at Hastings. On Saturday, um, I'm going to leave one game until last. It's Faversham against Seven Oaks, Guernsey against Sittingbourne, uh, Hastings against VCD Athletic, Hyde against Herne Bay, Phoenix Sports against Whitehawk, Ramsgate against Three Bridges, Whitswell against Burgess Hill, Whiteleaf against Cray Valley PM. And if Ashford don't score five or six against East Grinstead uh, on Saturday, I'll be surprised, Matt. Exactly. Uh, on Tuesday, there's loads of Kent derbies in that division. Uh, Cray Valley against Whitstable. Uh, Phoenix are just over the border. They're playing East Grinstead. It's Hearn Bay against Ramsgate. Seven Oaks against Hyde. Sittingbourne against Ashford. And VCD against Faversham. I almost feel, Matt, as if this full programme of local full local midweek fixtures should have been maybe played over the Christmas period rather than a soaking wet midweek in early February. But hey, I'm not a league administrator, am I? No, yeah, well, only those games, if the weather gets a bit colder, will be on anyway. And, and the gates will be poor because it's going to be absolutely freezing as well. But some cracking games there. So if you want to go and see some football, the schedule will be good. It certainly was. Some, there are some really, really good games there coming up uh, next week. And uh, I might even try and get out to one myself on Tuesday night, depending on how well behaved I am at home over the weekend. Uh, that just leaves us with the schedule where the big story while I was on holiday. Did I mention that I went on holiday? Uh, was the resignation from the league of Greenwich Borough. Uh, it had been a dismal season for, the, for them, bottom of the league. And although the club has not folded, they say they have resigned from the league. Uh, no use yet on what will happen to their record, but the best guess is that it will be completely expunged. Uh, Sheffield United will lose 15 goals and six points. And Corinthian may benefit, having been the only one of the frontrunners to drop points against Greenwich. Uh, thanks to Sean McCann on Facebook for that nugget. And always sad when a club resigns. I mean, obviously Greenwich Borough with their uh, their name and their um, <laughs> their name and, and their postcode location, we don't really cover them. But it, it's, it's a sad story that, that it's not worked out for them. Yeah, they were flying high, weren't they? Was it Gary Alexander? Was he the manager there, wasn't it? Um, they, they were shared at Dartford for a while. Were they shared at Dartford? Yes, for a while they were. Well? Yeah, I actually saw them play in a cup tie at Dartford. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, hopefully they can come back um, in different guys. Yeah, but again, the problem is now we it's such a tight division, but we don't know how it's all going to work now because of the. Um, when the results are expunged, so yes, we will look to see what happens from that point of view. But it's going to help certain clubs and not others. So once that's done, we'll have a look and see uh, where we're going to go, and we'll have to put our um, necks on the line who say we're going to win that division soon, John. Yeah, I'm going to need an abacus. I think that might help. <laughs> um, managerial news in that division as well. So Owen Jones, who appeared on the show earlier this season, has resigned as manager of Irith and Belvedere. Uh, Stuart Webb is in caretaker charge at the Deers, and they are looking for a new manager at the moment. Uh, on the pitch on Saturday, Tunbridge Wells were five 0 winners at Canterbury City. Chatham beat AFC Croydon 2-1. Corinthian beat Lords with 4-1. Owen Jones' last game was a 3-0 home defeat to Hollands and Blair. No goals between Fisher and Irith Town. K-Sports and Deal drew two apiece. Sheppey hit five past Punjab, and it was a good week for Beersted. 4-1 winners at Wellingtown on Saturday, and then 3-0 victors at Punjab United on Tuesday. Also on Saturday, Beckenham progressing the Kent Senior Trophy. A 6-2 win for them at Glebe, which is uh, some score. Uh, and that division is... I mean, uh, it's just goals everywhere, apart from that nil-nil draw. I don't know how that happened. Goals, goals, goals. That's all you ever get in that league. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant division. Very, very tight division. Um, hoping that, you know, and next week when we talk about the Vars, one of our, a couple of our sides could even go further in on the, on the coast. A very competitive division with a lot of goals. So it's always worth it. If, you get, if you're close to the uh, scaffold game, try and go and see it because the entertainment is uh, second to none in that division. Yes, this weekend there, are, there, there is a full programme of fixtures in that league. Uh, AFC Croydon against Tunbridge Wells. Uh, Beersted against Crowborough Athletic. Beckenham Town are at home to K-Sports. It's Chatham Town against Hollands and Blair. Deal Town against Wellingtown. Irith and Belvedere at home to Lordswood. Irith Town against Canterbury City. Fisher host Glebe. And the big game there is Sheppey United against Corinthian. Uh, looking forward to that one, which has all the makings, Matt, of an absolute classic. I think it's a bit of a clash of styles, a bit of a, the two teams in great form who both score goals. Yeah, um, and for Sheppey, maybe they know they're going to lose six points. They need to write, we need to put a, a marker down against one of our um, rivals as well. But Corinthian in great form, but how much 
match. Corinthians got their eye on the FA Vars the following week. Could work in Sheffield's advantage. Yeah, they did lose in the Challenge Cup on uh, Tuesday night as well. Corinthians 2-0 to Irith Town. Uh, Glee beat Rustall as well in that competition and it was a match abandoned due to floodlight failure uh, with the score at 2-2 between Chatham and AFC Croydon at AFC Croydon. Uh, in the first division over the weekend, uh, Russell were 3-2 winners at Brydon Ropes. It was FC Armstead 2, Kent Football United 1. Kennington beat Sutton Athletic 1-0. Uh, Holmesdale hit 5 as they won at Lewisham Borough. Lidtown in form again, Matt. 4-2 win over Greenways. And Snodland Town 1, Meridian VP 1. Uh, great result for, for Lidtown, Matt. You, you've championed these guys a lot. And funny yeah. enough... Do you know, um, there's a, a good website, which I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with. Uh, run, it used to be run by Tony Kempster, the late Tony Kempster, uh, which puts uh, league projections uh, up for, for the next season. Uh, I do use it a lot for, for podcast reasons. Uh, I was looking at it, uh, at what they're going to do next year, because obviously they're adding a new uh, step forward division. So the same level this one in Southeast. But the biggest knock on effect that I have found... <laughs> Is believe it or not, Matt, going to be the Scaffold Division One, where according to the projections that this the the, the chap on this uh, on this website has has put together, um, there are going to be some absolute rogue teams in the Scaffold Division One for next season. So I'm just calling the document up in front of me, and the reason I'm talk I've gone from Lidtown to this is because of all the teams in the county, Lidtown are the ones who will suffer. Because of the, the projections are just projections. They're just best guesses um, on where things are going to go. But at the moment, the following teams are going to be moved into the Southern Counties East League Division 1. You ready? Yep. Bexhill United, Dorking Wanderers Reserves, Epsom and Yule, Kensington and Ealing Borough, Tooting Beck and Westside. Now, for Lid Town, where they are in the southeast of the county, there are some horrific journeys in there. Dorking Wanderers Reserves? I think they're just moving them sideways from the Southern Combination League One, which is the league where it's all it's all moving around really. But there's basically there's a combined counties league north is coming in at this at the, the step the step above, and a lot of teams are going to be moved into that, and I think that's having a knock on effect. Uh, of the Southern Combination League, uh, where a lot of so teams... So there's more teams going to Scaffold 1, then, is there? Or as in to just to pump up the league? Well, they're going to get promoted, aren't they? There's four teams going up, so they've got to make up the space from somewhere. And obviously with no one set to be relegated now that Greenwich Borough have um, have, have gone uh, to the wall, then they're going to have to find these spaces from somewhere. We do also have the prospects of Faversham, Strikeforce and Staplehurst Monarchs being promoted into the league. But they'll... Um, and I mean, Faversham Strikeforce is another example. They're going to look at some of the travelling they might have to do in that league next year and think this is going to be a real struggle. Yeah, yeah I'm thought Dorking Wanderers Reserves are probably quite a good side if they're utilising the, the, the main crux of the first thing. But, well, the scaffold, maybe we'll get through on the scaffold about it. Maybe they can um, talk us through how this will work. But Liv going in a good, good way. My mate Bradley Baker, I'm trying to get on the show, scoring goals, the youngster there. And, uh, He's enjoying his football, so um, yeah, good. I'm pleased with it. I will share those non-league projections uh, from the Kent non-league Twitter non-league podcast Twitter account. In fact, I'll do that as soon as I've finished recording, so that will be, that will be already there for you. Um, but yes, yeah, so an interesting document to to peruse at your own leisure. Uh, fixtures this weekend in the Scaffold Division One: uh, FC Armstead against Croydon, Greenways against Ross United, Homestead against Stodland Town, Kent Football United against SC Thamesmead. Uh, Meridian VP against Kennington, Rustall against Sutton Athletic and Stansfeld against Lidtown. One game on Wednesday night in that league. Forest Hill Park against Bryden Ropes. Whew. That is the end of this week's Kenton League podcast. Uh, it's been uh, quite a show. I hope we've made up for the fact we weren't here last week by giving you a, a good show. Have you enjoyed it, Matt? Have you cheered up a bit over the last 45 minutes? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've cheered up a little bit now. Um, back to the, back to the grind, but uh, it's nearly home time. I suppose a few hours away from that. So, yeah, great to speak to you, John. Uh, glad to be back on the track. And uh, you know, even though I've been moonlighting on other podcasts, this is the number one original and best. Well, thank you very much. That's nice of you to say. Uh, on our radio show Monday night, just gone, we talked about football, as always. We also talked about American football uh, with Alex Hode and uh, obviously the, the loss of Kobe Bryant. You can listen again to that via the BBC Sounds app. This week, we're going to talk about fan TV channels. This is something you've lined up, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, students um, working on that to do a little report. 
Um, so we'll keep an eye on that, how that goes. Yeah, we look forward to that. We can, we'll let you form you how it goes this time next week. Yes, exactly. Uh, also, when I was on holiday, Matt did a radio show and had some Deal Town people on it as well. So do try and dig that one out as well uh, if you are so minded to do that. And obviously next week we'll be looking forward to the FA Vars ties. So uh, make sure you join us next week. In the meantime, follow us on social media at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter. On Facebook, we're Kent Non-League. Uh, you can follow me at JohnFix81 and you can follow Matt at Matthew underscore Gerard, both on Twitter as well. If you look hard enough, you can find me on Instagram as well, but it's probably not worth it because I don't do that much on there. Um, but yes, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. You've got a weekend off this week, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, weekend off. I'm not going to stop. Yeah, I've got the next couple of weekends off, so um, the rest of the family's been ill, so maybe another chilled out sort of relaxing day. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm home's Barrow next Tuesday. I'll be there at Gravel, so... Um, yeah, fingers crossed for a shot on target. <laughs> our main man. Well, exactly. Uh, yeah, so thank you everybody for listening. It's, it's good to be back. And uh, we will speak to you all next week. Yeah, I'm off to do downward dog now. <laughs>